All right, everybody. Welcome to episode number 35 of Capture the Conversation with Kevin Gilchrist. As always, I am Kevin Gilchrist. And guys, this is probably one of the most informative guests that I have uh, brought on the show. I am very excited that he made the time to do this. Uh, Don is my real estate attorney on my own personal properties, but then I also refer him to uh, all of my clients just because him and his team always do a tremendous job. Um, there's never been any hiccups. Uh, you know, he's always he's always able to pick it. He'll, he'll pick up the phone if he sees a post that I make on, on Facebook or Instagram just to say, uh, you know, awesome job when he doesn't have to do that. Uh, you know, he's, he's just a very encouraging person. Um, and you really need to surround yourself uh, with people like this, especially if you're going to be going off and, and doing something like uh, like building a business, which we talk about. Uh, we talk about the value of living in the, uh, the United States. Um, because of the opportunity that we all have to do something like that. Uh, what I love about this, though, is that he shared a, he shared this conversation with me, I, you know, a few years ago when I met him, and I wanted to bring him on because it was very helpful to me, and I, I really am confident it'll be really helpful uh, to you, the listeners. So that's the spirit of the show. That's what it's all about: is bringing people on who have inspiring stories or messages, and hopefully it will you know help you guys take action or or at least you'll have some sort of a takeaway uh, from it. Uh, as always, leave me comments, subscribe on iTunes, uh, subscribe on iCloud, or iCloud, uh, SoundCloud, uh, and enjoy. All right, dude. Thanks for doing this. No worries. We are rocking and rolling. Uh, just to take the listeners a step back in time, uh, this is coming probably about two years ago. I met you about two and a half years ago, actually, when I bought my first um, my first real estate property. You were my attorney, and I've used you ever since uh, with my clients and with anything else that I've been looking at. Um, and it's funny because uh, your office downtown was really close to my when I was working at the phone company. Um, my office down there, and uh, I would, and, and anyone that's followed the show before knows how frustrated I was in, that, in the corporate world. Um, I had just gotten my real estate license. I wanted to do it full time, but my family was uh, pushing me to stay at the at the phone company, make some sales, then bounce into real estate. Uh, but I just found myself wandering the streets of Chicago with headphones and listening to music um, because I, I just I, I just wasn't motivated to do to do anything um, at the company anymore. I was so frustrated, and I, I just it, it was weird. I bumped into you at the at the right time, and you just started telling me your story about how it took you, you know, almost a decade to build your firm um, part time and, and just to focus on one deal at a time. And I, I wanted to share that story with the with my listeners. Yeah, man, listen, you know, one of the most amazing things about this country is our ability to be entrepreneurial. Um, before, you know, working full time in America and career, I worked in South Korea, I was at a really big law firm. And you know, in South Korea, there's uh, the market's a little bit different. It's run by something called, you know, chables. Chables uh, strictly interpreted means conglomerate, right? So you have these huge companies, you know, these three big companies, uh, Hyundai, LG, and um, uh, Samsung. They basically control everything, right? And it's really it, it, there's a much higher barrier of entry there. You know, one of the great things about this country is our ability to create you know, small businesses. I, I was giving a talk at the White House recently, and I was when I was talking to, you know, some of these big financial guys, you know, they, they say the overwhelming majority of people, they 
of millionaires by small businesses or real estate. And, you know, when I saw you, you know, you, you had this great energetic personality. You had all this, you know, stuff to get out. I was like, dude, go start your own business if that's if you've got that much passion. Yeah. Yeah. And that's I mean, that's what that's where it was, man. And, and uh, within a couple of months, I actually decided to, to do the to do that. I, I walked out the door um, and just I had gone to a Keller Williams seminar, actually, where there was a lot of um, there was a lot of agents who had done really well already. Um, and they were just telling the same story that I was that I was feeling that uh, there was a mother who decided just to quit her job one day. She went home and told her husband later on, and he's just like, uh, all right, but you know, you still have your half of the bills because they had it broken up that way in their house. Um, mm -hmm. Another guy got fired um, from some oil company or something along those lines and then started real estate without knowing anything in real estate whatsoever. Um, so that was a motivator to just be like, okay, you know what? People have started from rock bottom and had nothing and have made it work. What's the difference with me? Um, mm -hmm. what's cool with your story though, is that you were saying that you, uh, you know, you, the, the whole one deal at a time, focus on one deal at a time. And I think that this is a good transition from the, um, or maybe piggybacking off my last episode with, uh, the Weinberg Choi, uh, team. I had Tommy and Josh on mm -hmm. and they were talking about the big picture. You know, a lot of people don't think about the long term. They don't think about the big picture of their goal. They think about the right now. Um, and when they think about the immediate and what's happening to them right this second, a lot of people end up quitting because right this second things aren't great because you're just starting out. Um, but we also talked about the, the importance. It, it's kind of, I don't know if it's counterintuitive or not. Um, I hope that p people are following what I'm saying, but um, you, you have to keep the big picture in mind, but then also focus on, on the task at hand. Um, because if you don't focus on it, because I think to your point, focusing on one deal at a time was really just like, look, if you if you overstress yourself and you don't focus on the one deal, then then things can go to shit as well. Um, do you want to explain exactly what you meant? You know when when I when I bumped into you, you know sometimes people look at me. It's funny. I um, we we're a pretty high volume producing law firm, right? And you know <laughs> we've been doing this for twelve years, and people think you know, we're like this overnight success. My first year, you know, I made an egregiously low amount of money, <laughs> right? Like, uh, you know, I, I, I didn't make enough to survive. You know, yeah. it wasn't until like my sixth year that I was like making enough to survive and live. And people, they just don't see that. Right. And they were, uh, they were saying that you, or you were telling me that you know, it seems like some of your competitors were, were looking at you like you were an overnight success um, because you do have a high volume. I had I had actually posted on Instagram yesterday. I'm like, look, sometimes I've got a rock, paper, scissors with uh, um, with real estate agents to work with you. Um, we have a deal with this going right now to where like, I, you know, I was like, oh, I'm using Don. And she's like, no, 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 I'm using Don. And it's yeah. Like, yeah. And it just it just was funny. It was funny hearing that, um, you know, so when when you were making when you were uh the whole focus on one deal at a time thing though, it's like, what, what's the mentality behind the focus on one deal at a time? Like, um, this, this business is an incredible business. Um, and you know, we're in the best environment that you can possibly be. You're in the United States of America and you're an entrepreneur, right? There's really no better place for you to be in my opinion. Right. Yeah. And, um, 
you know, if you take it one step at a time, like think, you know, think in terms of like, don't think in terms of dollars. Like we don't count dollar revenues anymore. We count families changed, families' lives that we touched. I love right? that. And when you, when you do that, like money follows, right? Revenues follow. If you just really focus in, like hone in on the consumer. And, um, you know, when you give them that individual attention by taking it one deal at a time, like everything else follows. Right. And you find also that, you know, when you're, when you are focusing on one deal at a time too, um, you might, you know, there was a friend of mine told me one time, um, when I was, you know, when I was down and out trying to make some changes that, you know, you just keep, keep, you know, focusing on making those small changes. And then one day you're going to turn around and you're going to be surprised at how far you've come. Um, yep. but you just keep your head down and keep, keep moving. I don't know if you've ever heard of the, the Kaizen way. Oh, tell me. Um, so that's it's basically a lot of people try to make like massive, massive change at, at once. You know, go to, mm-hmm. you know, quitting something cold turkey. You know, starting not so maybe maybe someone wants to stop drinking and they decide to completely stop, and then they also want to start working out. Um, so they start they quit drinking, they throw themselves into a workout plan, uh, they start eating healthy, and they do it all at once, and they end up screwing it up, and they go right back to their old bad habits. And the reason being is because they're trying to take on too much too soon Um, but what you should do is you should take small little steps small little changes it could be as simple as i had someone on the on the podcast before who said it's as simple as making your bed in the morning to start you know doing Mm -hmm. something like that if you're not making your bed just start by making your bed and there's a navy seal that talks about that as well because that habit will turn into something else Uh, and then that habit will spiral into something else and then before you know it you you are on the right path um tim ferris has has a great uh, has a great uh, story about that as well to where it's like, look, do less than you think that you can. Um, if you want to work out, you know, and you, you have a bike and you've got some kettlebells, maybe just start off with the bike and then work your way up. Even if you feel like you can pick those kettlebells up, don't do it. Not the first couple of times. Um, mm-hmm. And I found that to be extremely true. I'm not a, I'm not the type of guy who can just do anything cold turkey and completely change my life. I don't think I've ever really met anybody who can. Mm-hmm. I mean, I definitely agree with, you know, taking it a step at a time. Like every day, do a little bit. Every day, do a little bit. It's the consistency that way. So your clients, it's funny because your your client is um, not only the client itself, but also the real estate agents that you work with because the real estate agents want to keep coming back to you. Uh, so I, I, I actually... Um, I, I'd like to expand upon that. Like, yeah. I believe that every lawyer has three customers in this business. You have your your client, right? Who you know we have you know main loyalty to them as like you know lawyers. We have an attorney client relationship with them, um, and so we want to make sure that we keep them happy. The second customer that we have is our employees like you know for you to grow you really have to create opportunity for other people so you have to treat your employees well you know I I hear other you know I I know the other I'm a board member of the Illinois Real Estate Lawyer Association so I, I hear the way other law firms are run sometimes and I hear some of these abysmal salaries that they pay their people and you know you got these earth scorching attorneys you got these abysmal salaries like 
if you're treating your employees like that, how do you think they're going to treat your customer? You know? Yeah, no, for so, sure. So you got your, you got your clients, you owe undivided loyalty to that person. You have your employee, you got to treat them really well. Cause if you don't, if you want to grow, you have to have employees and you have to make them your staff better than you. Like if you looked at my staff today, these guys are better than me, man. They really got better because they only do one job, whatever their job is, and they've just really excelled. And then you kind of got your side, you know, I, I wouldn't want to call the real estate agent my customer. Um, I would more want to say like reputation, like you want to have a good reputation in the industry. Um, you know, I know some people have made the argument that the actual customer of an attorney is the real estate agent. That's very dangerous to say that. Okay. Because okay. that means that we don't have undivided loyalty to the to the client. Um, uh, we have this influence to like a real estate agent. Let me give you an example. What if um, there's a very powerful real estate agent and they're, they want to do something to kind of screw over the client, right? But because they're so powerful and they exercise so much, you know, business or whatever, you know, they kind of tell the attorney to look the other way. Do you see how that can become really dangerous? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I, oftentimes when I hear real estate agents say, hey, I'm your client, like, no, no that's not true at all. <laughs> that's not true at all. We're, we want to be we want to have a great reputation of independence and thereby have the real estate agents keep us in mind. But any lawyer who treats the broker as, as the customer, I, I think that is probably not okay. Yeah. Yeah. And let me, let me expand on that too. Cause the reason I keep coming back to you is just cause every client I've thrown your way, you've always just done a really awesome job. Um, you know, you and your team, uh, everyone there I love, you know, and, yep. and with my own places too. Um, it, it, it's been amazing. You know, have you, have, did you have a mentor that, that taught you, um, that taught you the ropes or did you just learn as you went learning from other people? Cause I know that you had said, you know, it took you about six years to really jump in and be like, okay, I can, I can do this completely on my own from a financial standpoint, but it, did it take you that long to be confident enough to do it on your own? Um, not Devin, even I love you. I love you for bringing this up. This is one thing I, it's really important that, and I really appreciate that you bring this up. Right. So, um, I believe for me, my staff to grow, my empl my employees, the people that work for me, I believe for them to grow, I have to grow, right? So I'm constantly in a state of growth, right? Um, I generally try to read new material 10 to 12 hours a week, right? And the sheer <laughs> humiliation that I had to undertake to learn what I had to learn is it like astounding. Like, I want to give you an example. I went to like, a would you agree that I've built a strong brand and name for myself currently? 100%. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, there was this older attorney that I wanted to learn something. And he just said, absolutely not. He basically threw me out of his office, right? And but I went, I kept going back and I kept going back. And I said, Listen, I will literally come here every Friday and mop your floors if you teach me. Like not figuratively, literally. I will literally come here to mop your floors just to show you how serious I am about learning this next thing. 
right? I'm, I'm that serious. Yeah. And like, that's how I learned. I found mentors who threw me out of their office. It was humiliating. It was degrading. It was all these things, but you keep doing it to show them how serious you are. You know, I, I meet so many younger people who just, they come to me with this insane entitlement of show me stuff, right? <laughs> of like, teach me. Like one of the reasons why a lot of people come to us as lawyers is because like, you know, I, I think technology is going to have an extreme disruption over the real estate industry over the next 10 years, right? Sure. And I think most, uh, most professional service industry, especially most professional services who expect to survive, they need to find a niche that will help them survive, you know, like the general disruption, right? I, I believe 15 to 20 years from now, like if you're just a closing lawyer, you're going to have some problems, right? We've kind of created this hybrid, this niche where we're at the corner of tax and legal. I'm a CPA and an attorney. So we're more focused, we do do real estate closings, but we're really focused on helping the consumer build wealth, right? Sure. So there's gonna be this huge change in the industry over the next five years. Like blockchain's coming, AI's coming, augmented reality's coming, you know, that stuff, it's gonna really change the way we do business. Getting back to your original point, um, you know, that has, cause a lot of people to come talk to us and ask them, ask how to show them how we do what we do. Like how I learned is by basically begging mentors who wanted nothing to do with me, right? Literally begging them like to teach me. And that's how I learned. Like I didn't have any one mentor. I had, I've had dozens of mentors who have probably uh, aggregately threw me out of their offices, you know, a couple of hundred times and they taught me over the years. And to all the young professionals, whether you're an attorney or a broker or whatever, like when you go like talk to people asking to learn something, show some humility. <laughs> yeah. Show some humility. Don't just expect that they owe it to you, you know, because I think that that's something that we see a lot um, these days. And, you know, I, I, it's funny when you talk about ge- or, you know, when people bring up generations and um, I don't know if I don't know if it's necessarily a generational thing or if it's just there's people who you know are willing to be uh, or to show humility like you did uh and then there's people who aren't and the people who thrive are the people who do what you did and the people who don't are the ones who don't yeah part of it is generational i i don't blame the generation part of it is there's so much free content right um like i've had i had these two uh younger people call me not, and, and they were asking, basically asking me to, you know, do all kinds of free stuff for them. And I was like, you know, I was trying to be nice to them. And um, the, the problem is they were able to read, go on LegalZoom and go on to these, you know, free website services where you get free content. The problem with that free content is you really get what you pay for, right? Like, you know, if you're, if you're not, if you're paying the bare minimum for someone to process, for example, like your LLC, right? God bless you. Like, you know, if something goes wrong and the lack of advice you get, there's a reason for that because it's, you know, you're not paying for anything. And uh, I, I basically hope like the newer people who are so, because our, our industry right now, it's really, 
everybody craves information because yeah. we're, it's the information age, right? The access to information is incredibly, like anybody can Google something, right? Um, but today, what I would say is like, that has spawned a new wave of people who really don't appreciate the people who actually do what they do for a living. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, go ahead. Sorry. I'm sorry. Oh no, I thought you were, I, I thought I cut you off. Um, no, no, no. So Don, where, so you were saying that you were saying that, um, what you guys really are trying to do is help people build wealth. And I've seen you Correct. do seminars. You had just mentioned that you had been speaking at the White House. Uh, where, yep. what, what would you? Because I want to be able to give you back, uh, back some time in your day. Believe it or not, we've already been going for half an hour. Um, oh wow! Yeah, yeah, isn't it crazy? Uh, where can yeah. people find you? What is the message that you want to send out? What kind of people you? You'd said you're trying to help people create wealth, but um, this is the time when you can give your, give your plug, if you will. Well, there. So the wealth thing, right? So most people. So here, take a step back. I, I was talking to someone about like the, the next crisis that I think is going to happen. And I think this crisis is very real. It's the retirement crisis. You know, all these, all these people, we're going to see a huge you know, population of baby boomers retiring, and they don't have the money to retire. You know what? There's, some, there's a statistics. It's like, you know, and you can, you know, fact check me and stuff like that. But 70% of the population has less than a thousand dollars in the bank account. I'm being told by financial experts. And if you don't agree with my number, it's somewhere in the area, right? But some financial experts tell me that you need approximately $3.3 million of liquid assets to retire. And I just laugh when I hear these astonishing numbers. If it's not 3.3 million, it's 2 million or 1 million, whatever, right? But most people, they just don't have that, right? So there's gonna be this huge crisis of old people retiring that just can't survive. So, you know, how does our generation, the millennials and the Gen Xers, like, improve? Um, in my opinion, it's real estate. Um, so I love buying stocks, the four, you know, 401k stocks and all that, but they don't generate cash flow. You only win off of appreciation. The cash flow is de minimis with like dividends, right? I mean, mo you know, the highest paying stocks, you know, you know, based off of investment, kick back 1%, which is, that means if you got a million dollars, you get 10,000 a year. Um, the American dream isn't owning 10, you know, a thousand three flats. The American dream is having your house paid off and having, you know, two or three income producing properties that create cash flow so you can survive when you retire. Like you, Kevin, I don't think of you as a real estate agent, right? If you're a real estate agent, that industry is going to be under severe attack from like, you know, discount brokerages, the Zillows and all that other stuff, right? I view you as someone who's going to help people, you know, build their wealth. You know, if every one of your friends are, if every, let me ask you this, Kevin, you personally, if you had two, you know, two to three properties paid off, right? you got a tax whiz like me who can tell you how to like, you know, structure all that. Yep. But you know, when you're 65, you got two or three properties paid off, your house paid off. And let's say you're making five to six to $7,000 a month net in cash flow. with everything else. You're in a pretty decent place. Would you not agree? Oh yeah. You see how powerful real estate is, but like, I think we got to get back to that whole, like, 
Let's help people build their wealth and get ready for retirement. And real estate is a part of that retirement plan. God, I love that. That, that, sorry, that's just a, that's just such a great way to that's such a great way to wrap it up. I'm glad I asked you that question. Um, cause, yeah, because you're right, man. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I got into real estate in the first place, and what attracted me to it um, was was the investing side. And then just once I, you know, it all it all came together around the same time. I was just frustrated at my at my corporate job. Really liked the idea and how it sounded to be a real estate agent because of the the freedom of it. Um, but really the big driver and the big driver for a lot of people that I talk to, not just in real estate. I mean, the, again, the, this podcast, guys, is not uh, it is not necessarily a real estate podcast like we had been talking on the last episode. It just so happens that a lot of the people around me, because they're in real estate, they come on, but they're inspiring people. And like Don just shared, um, real estate is a very powerful driver to wealth. So that's why it ends up continuing to come up um, just because of that truth. Um, but really, it started with the investor mindset. I was only getting my license just because I thought it would be easier. One, I didn't know anything about real estate, so I wanted to go through the course. And then two, I was like, well, why don't I just buy and sell my own properties? Um, but then I fell in love with the idea of being an agent. And then once I started being an agent, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is what I'm this is what I'm supposed to be doing. So um, and, and it's here. The math is really simple. Like, can I ask how old you are? I'm 29. You're 29 years old, right? So you got to help your friends when they're your age. The math is simple, dude. You help them buy, let's say, uh, one single family home or one two flat every two years, right? Let's say you're 29 right now. That means by the time you, if you do it every two years, by the time you're 36, they'll have three properties, right? or you would have three properties, correct? Yes. And I'm trying not to overextend you because this attempt, everybody can do this, right? So you got three properties, right? You're 36? Yep. If, if at the very minimum, their cash flow break even, not even cash flow positive, by the time you're, you're 65, they'll all be paid off, right? Well, the problem... The problem is, right, it's a 30-year mortgage. It'll be paid off by the time you're 65. Yeah, yeah, yep. The problem is people, you know, they try to do it when in their, their 40s and 50s, and it's hard because then you got to do an accelerated 15-year, you know, payback, which is really tough. you got to do it when you're in your early 20s, early 30s. You just get a couple. You don't need a ton, right? You don't need to have, like, you know, egregious amounts of real estate. So, you know, I've met people... I've met a couple of guys who own thousands of properties and their stress level is so comical, <laughs> right? Yeah. It's crazy. And you don't, you just need a couple of these places to supplement your 401k. You do that, Kevin, you're a good friend, right? You took care of your friends. You don't do that. You know, you're not a good friend. You didn't like help give your friends a heads up. Hey, by the way, when you retire, you know what I mean? Yeah, but uh, so so what about the what about somebody who's listening? Because um, you said uh, when you, when you're my age, you get a property every two years to to. Mm. Uh, and that, but we had talked about earlier how seventy uh, percent of people don't even have a thousand dollars saved in their bank account. So how is someone going to be able to afford to get um, a place every two years when they're my age? Oh Jesus, dude! I wish I see. I need I need like two hour conversation for this, right? <laughs> See, you're looking at it like the the 20%. Okay, so do you know, like, 
you're you're with Keller Williams, right? Yes, you're sir. out slinging yep. you're out slinging real estate, right? Yep. Do you know that you Keller Williams, Compass, At Properties, all these Colo Banker, all these brokerages, do you know that only like twenty percent of Americans can actually afford like the traditional loans that you guys are hustling for? Yeah. So you and everyone else, you're it's all you know, blue ocean, red ocean uh, yes. uh, approach. Like, so the red ocean is everybody's doing the same thing. And the only thing they can do is hack each other to pieces and the water becomes red with their blood. Blue ocean is like, you know, someone's got some sort of innovation or controls some sort of relationship that allows them to, you know, function without getting attacked so much. Right. So like everybody's fighting over the same 20% of the consumer that, um, that that is that can do the traditional loan ways people say right but there's all kinds of ways to get involved in real estate that don't have you go the traditional route or allow you to at least build up to the traditional route okay and i i would need a significant amount of time to like go through this no sure you know it's funny because uh because this has ended up this is extremely informative i'm glad i'm glad we did this episode um so seeing as you would need uh, the two hours, what what resources would you point people in the direction of to start learning this stuff? Or Because I know there's a lot of real estate investing stuff out there, um, but I want to hear what you would suggest someone's next move would be um, from this point in the conversation. You know, show up to one of my seminars. I talk, I talk to people about raising capital, about seller financing, about like traditional acquisitions. You know, and I talk to him from an approach. I personally do the stuff myself. Like I, I'm an avid real estate professional or uh, investor. Like it drives me crazy when I meet somebody who's taken like, like a Saturday morning infomercial. They've taken a couple of online classes and then they're teaching it, right? But they've never done it, right? There's a huge difference between like taking a class and doing it. Like you should take the class, but then you should go do it for ten years to make sure you know what you're doing. Um. For example, um, there's a concept out there that I do a ton of. I do a ton of seller financing, right? Where I represent people who want to do seller financing in real estate transactions. And everyone always asks me the same question. Why would anybody ever want to do that? Um, Kevin, have you ever had uh, bought a place? Yes, I have. Can I, would you mind sharing how much was your loan? Uh, It was for 95%. I got, so, I got a 5% grant. Can, can we pretend it was 95000 just to make the math easy? Yep. So your lender, when let's say you you decided to do seller financing with somebody, when you, and let's pretend you're the seller. Okay. Would you collect back 95000 No. It would be more than double, wouldn't it? Right, right. Can you name another investment right now that gives you more than double your money back? Oh, no. No. Right? So all of a sudden, since I broke it down that way, seller financing doesn't seem like a bad idea, does it? No, not at all. Not at all, man. <laughs> no, it sounds it sounds awesome, you know. <laughs> and that was that was an awesome situation too because I got a free grant that year, you know. So the 5% yeah. that I put down wasn't even any of like I bought a place for $300,000, right? And I didn't have $300,000. I didn't I didn't even have enough to do the 5%. I only did it because the 5% was free. Mhm. And then I turned around and sold it. And then all that money that I made off of it was just money that was created from putting my neck out, you know, really just taking on the quote unquote risk. Yeah. So anyway, I just feel like 
there's all kinds of things that you can do out there. You might have to get creative if you don't fall into like the traditional path. But like, you know, that that's what we do here. Our law firm, we're problem solvers. You know, most most law firms out there, they're just transactional. You know, they you know they they ask you to give them a closing. You give them a closing, and then they hope to close it. Like we can do that too, just as good, if not better, than our competitors. But then we try to figure out the solutions that you know most people are not willing to you know just try out. Yeah. So where can people find your seminars, Don? Uh, is there a schedule somewhere where people can look to see where you're going to be next? Um. So historically, I don't allow people to videotape me. Because uh, you know, I don't like to give out free content like that. Yep. But I, I will start. Uh, you know, starting in 2019, probably Q3, I'm going to start allowing people to, like videotape. You know, certain aspects of my content. Um, they can go to my website www.chicagorealestateattty.com, and you know, they can kind of look to contact us there and get on our mailing list. Okay. Okay. Perfect. And then you'll just mail out when you're going to be at. You know somewhere wherever Correct. it is whether it's at like a we work or whatever um uh okay okay awesome yeah we all right buddy Listen, all right man. thank you so much yeah. i appreciate you i appreciate you too dude thanks so much take care bye-bye bye